0: Alright everybody, welcome back to the Warning Track Talk Podcast with your hosts Dave and Dave. And today we have a lot of content to cover on this episode, including some big news that happened around Major League Baseball as of last night. So let's get into it with some breaking news, well sort of breaking news uh, for the podcast. Nolan Arenado has been traded to the St. Louis Cardinals for prospects and cash. And now I'm not sure the prospects were exactly named just yet, uh, but there is an idea that there is around four or five prospects headed over to the Rockies uh, with cash. I believe it's around 50 million. I heard that from Ken Rosenthal uh, on MLB Network, so make sure to go and uh, listen to Ken as he continues to come out with details. But I believe it is for around 50 million. And essentially what it seems like is that they bought the prospects because uh, sending over 50 million Uh, For around four or five prospects, of course, sounds like, you know, exactly that. Uh, But Dave, what is your opinion? I think it sets the uh, Cardinals up for an extended window of contention. Obviously, uh, the NL Central was looking pretty dismal. We didn't see a lot of action going on until this trade uh, started to really uh, kick the wheels or even happen. But uh, Nolan Arenado really solves the third base problem. Uh, for the Cardinals. I mean, I'm sure they didn't want another year of uh, Matt Carpenter over at third base because, of course, he's on a downward spiral. And uh, yeah, Nolan Arenado seems like it fits the bill, and it seems like the fan base is happy as well.
1: Well, if you remember when the match traded uh, for Lindor from the Indians, I was talking about on our podcast how I thought the Indians got fleeced. I thought the Indians got robbed for. Lindor based on what they got back. Then again, it was a one year uh, thing, one year left on the contract for Lindor. But boy, was I wrong because the Colorado Rockies got more fleece than them. I mean, number one, you're, you're trading up your player that your fan base goes to games for Aronado and Trevor story, even though Nolan Aronado is better. Uh, that he's the in my opinion he's the best third baseman in all of baseball regardless of the course field effect which some people think uh, regardless what you think about that i think he is the best third baseman in all of baseball. i think everybody would agree that he's top three so you know just by saying that you're trading your, your the player that you built your franchise around and you're paying the cardinals uh, uh, literally just like one year after you signed him to an extension you're paying the cardinals to take him off you. You're getting prospects back, and from what I heard, the prospects are nothing—you know—huge in any type of dimension. I heard. I of- uh,
0: no, uh, Sorry to interrupt, but I heard that um, most of them are mid-level prospects. They're kind of mid-tier, exactly. and um, a- along with that, I believe that the rest or the remainder uh, of the salary that the Cardinals are going to be paying Nolan Arenado is somewhat comparable to the complete George Springer deal uh with the Blue Jays. So I mean, the Cardinals stopped to pay a lot, but of course 50 million is still a significant amount of cash.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just I don't understand it from a Rocky standpoint. It doesn't help you get Better, at least in my opinion. I mean, yeah, you're going after mid-level prospects, and yeah, you got four or five of them, but you're paying the Cardinals to take your star player. It hurts the number of fans you're going to get in the seats because obviously this is going to, I guess, start the rebuild. People who think Story will be traded soon. People think John Gray will be traded soon, Michael Givens. So we'll see what happens here, but I'm not a big fan of this from a Rocky standpoint. From a Cardinals standpoint, it's pretty huge because that NL Central, as you said, Dave, is abysmal it's horrible and you know there had to be a team that's going to win the division I thought it was going to be the Cardinals even prior to this trade but they just kind of cemented themselves I still don't think the Cardinals are a deep playoff team I think the Phillies um, can be competitive with the Cardinals but that's beside the point Um, but you know going out and getting Nolan Arenado is a pretty big thing I like it from the Cardinals standpoint from the Rockies' standpoint I have no idea what they're doing and one more thing before I hand it over to you, Dave, if you want to go check out more news on that, I believe Ken Rosenthal has stuff out about it, John Heyman, uh, I believe Mark Feinsand. Uh, so there's a bunch of different guys who put stuff out on it, regardless about the salary and, and different stuff. So if you want to read out more about the prospects or just the overall kind of details of the Arenado to the Cardinals uh, trade, uh, you can look up uh, on Twitter and some great reporters will have some more information for you over there.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, the I mean, how I found it was through Twitter. You know, it popped up on my phone and, uh, and it was just that information continued to come out about it. And I was eventually able to find out that there are going to be, of course, prospects involved and that most of them are probably going to be mid-tier in the whole financial situation. So uh, anyway, I guess we can move on to the second topic of today. Dave, if you would like to talk about a reliever uh, that went to the Washington Nationals, then go ahead.
1: Sure. So uh, the hated division rival, the Washington Nationals, uh, inked left handed pitcher, Brian, Brian, what am I saying? Brad Hand to a one year, ten and a half million dollar deal. If you don't remember, Brad Hand was put on waivers by the Cleveland Indians after a 2020 shortened season. Uh, The one thing I do want to say about this is if you're unfamiliar with baseball or maybe unfamiliar with the waiver circumstances, um, Pretty much he was put on waivers and he could be claimed by any team up until a certain date for ten million dollars. And somehow all thirty teams, including the Phillies and including the Nationals who ended up signing him, said, you know what, we feel like paying an extra half a million dollars more for Brad Hand, and that's what they did. They paid ten and a half instead of ten. So that's kind of weird. But Hand will look to rebound in 2020 with the Nationals in an already decent bullpen. The past couple of years, Brad Hand has had some injuries he's dealt with. He's had some times where he's kind of been, you know, regressing a little bit. But I still think Brad Hand has it in the tank to be an All Star reliever. Hopefully, though, not nothing against Brad Hand, but I would rather not see him be an All Star in 2021 just because it would be against the Phillies. Um, and of course, Sean Doolittle. Uh, is not re-signed. So you would imagine, at least I would think, that he would become the Nationals' closer or at least involved with the deep part of that Nationals' bullpen. But I'll ask you, Dave, the question. Will Hand be the Nationals' closer with uh, Doolittle not yet re-signed? Uh, And also, what kind of role will Brad Hand play in this Nationals' bullpen uh, in 2021?
0: Well, I think because Brad Hand is sort of uh, a bona fide late-inning reliever that he will end up taking that closing role Uh, I know Sean Doolittle is uh, somebody who's had some prior success, but as of recently, I believe over the past two or three seasons, has sort of struggled quite a bit for the Nationals, so whether they decide to bring him back is totally up to the organization itself, but uh, just touching on Brad Hand in uh, 2020, he was actually... Uh, pretty good. I think it was a nice bounce back from 2019, Dave. I know you were saying he was struggling. So yeah, 2019 seemed like he, he was struggling a little bit more. Didn't exactly find himself. But I'll tell you what, a 3.30 ERA across 57 and a third innings in 2019 is still a lot better than the Phillies bullpen. I'll tell you that. But uh, in 2020, uh, he pitched 22 innings and he posted a 2 Point zero five ERA. So oh wait, hold up hold up a minute. So I just saw the stat of ERA plus and um 226. Uh yeah, that's 126 points above league average. Uh okay, so Brad Hand actually had a very good season in 2020. A scary good season. So hopefully he doesn't replicate that uh with the nationals because well well, for the sake of the Phillies, of course, but for Brad Han's individual success, uh, we would like to see him do well. Uh, but yeah, I do think he's going to end up being a late-inning reliever, if not a closer. And honestly, if I were the Nationals, I would have him as a closer. I know... Um, Sean Doolittle, like we were touching on, would have filled that role, but it doesn't exactly seem like they're going to bring him back as of now. Uh, also, Dave talking about that financial situation with Brad Hand um, and the organizations maybe wanting to pay a half a million more uh, just to get him. Honestly, I think that the organizations wanted to wait and see how the market played out. And, you know, with that being said, I think that's what really determined uh, when and how much uh, they were going to sign him for. But honestly, I feel like, you know, because of the half a million more, uh, uh, you know, financially, uh, the Nats, you know, sort of lost that, uh, lost the edge financially when they could have had him for around 10 million. But uh, it is what it is. You know, I mean, it's the Nationals. They paid a half million more. It's not the Phillies. So, uh, you know, it's fine by me. Of course, you would like to have Brad Hand, though, Dave. I know in uh, previous episodes we were talking about uh, wanting Brad Hand. And of course, he would have been an excellent addition adding an extra lefty and a quality lefty at that to the Phillies bullpen. So it is a loss for the Phillies. And uh, Brad Hand's a decent pitcher. You know, he's consistent year in and year out. And usually he doesn't pitch above uh, 3.3, 3.5 ERA. And at his best, he's a really good uh, lock it down type of guy.
1: Yeah, so the one thing I do want to clear up is I did mean to say 2019 For Brad Hand, not 2020 was the bad season. 2019 was, uh, at least when I looked at it originally, I thought that he he didn't have a phenomenal year. So uh, I wanted to clear that up uh, just with Brad Hand. But I I do think he'll be a big part of the Nationals bullpen, unfortunately, for the Phillies. Um, We'll see what happens, though, because he is aging. And I I mean, the Nationals bullpen, I talked about it before, is, is a decent bullpen. Um, I, I don't think it's a phenomenal bullpen, uh, but it is decent. They, they, they have some guys that they've kind of fixed out there. T- uh, Tanner Rainey, uh, I believe I'm, I believe that's his first name at least. I know his last name is Rainey, uh, was able to actually bounce back in 2020. And it seemed like they figured him out to get his velocity up and to get his strikeouts up. So we'll see what happens. Um, but for sure, Brad Hand, good signing by the Washington Nationals. But I do like the fact that they paid a little bit more than what they had to. Not that a half a million is all that much, but hey, it could prevent them from signing another player down the line if, you know, each time you spend an extra half a million dollars, that adds up for sure. Uh, but Dave, the Phillies also made a move to sign a pitcher uh, as of yesterday, if you want to talk a little bit about that, buddy.
0: Uh, yeah. So as of yesterday, the Phillies did make a move, and this move was a signing off of the free agent market. And so they ended up bringing in a uh, former pitcher of the Rays, former pitcher of the Giants. Really, everyone knows him with the Rays, but his name is Matt Moore. And so, according to Jim Salisbury at J. Salisbury NBCS on Twitter, uh, Phillies have agreed to major league deal with free agent lefty Matt Moore, according to sources. Deal is pending a physical. Moore made 15 starts in Japan last year and pitched well. And then Ken Rosenthal proceeded to say, at Ken underscore Rosenthal on Twitter, free agent left-hander Matt Moore in agreement on one-year $3 million contract with Philly source tells at The Athletic. Deal also includes performance bonuses, first with agreement at Jay Salisbury NBCS. So uh, from these two posts on Twitter... Obviously, we could see that um, the Phillies, you know, acquired Matt Moore, uh, but that it's a one year, three million dollar contract with uh, performance bonuses. So, I mean, it wasn't a big pay. Uh, I I think uh, for the type of pitcher Matt Moore is in the back of that rotation, I I think it's just fine. Uh, I, I was seeing people on Twitter say, oh, well, it's an overpay. It's an overpay. I don't know how many more guys the Phillies are going to go out and get this offseason. Of course, you would like to see them maybe pick up, uh, you know, another one or two more relievers, maybe another starter. And, you know, that would kind of solidify things a bit. But I think, you know, most of what they're going to get is going to be sort of either diamonds in the rough or uh, just guys to eat up innings uh, or, you know, you're just going to try and get those guys. And with that being said, I feel like Matt Moore is a little bit more of a, um, you know, higher reward than uh, an Anibal Sanchez. And uh, that's just something I wanted to touch on is because Matt Moore is a lefty. Uh, He has pretty decent off-speed stuff. I've seen some highlights of him and uh, boast a great change up, uh, pretty decent curveball. And the fastball is anywhere between 91 and 94 uh, from what I saw. So, I mean he's not overpowering by any means but uh that that change up it, it kind of reminded me of a Cole Hamels circle chain so if that um if that rings a certain uh, sound then definitely you know Matt Moore seems like a pretty uh a pretty good piece in terms of talking about Cole Hamels but uh, really I, I don't want to get anybody too sold on Matt Moore I just want to touch on some statistics real quick, according to Baseball Reference. Uh, from 2011 to 2016, Moore posted a 3.91 ERA with an ERA plus of 100, which is a league average, and had a 1.338 whip over 608 and a third innings pitched. But then uh, proceeded to get worse uh, and in 2017 and 2018 really fell off the cliff with a 5.99 ERA and an ERA plus of 74 with a 1.578 whip over 276 and a third innings pitch. So uh, yeah, it seems like he was trending downwards, but then I believe went to Japan and had a pretty decent year like Jim Salisbury um, said on Twitter. So, I don't know. Maybe the Phillies are hoping that they get a better version of Matt Moore. I think that's what they're banking on, especially with performance bonuses. Hopefully, that can get a little bit more out of the tank from Matt Moore. And just to touch on it, Matt Moore is not completely uh, washed, I don't believe. You know, I think he's around 31, 32 years old. So, he's not exactly, you know, uh, why? I mean, he's, I don't know. It's debatable. Is he on the back burner um, of his career? You know, I, I'm not exactly sure, but 31, 32 years old, it still seems like he has at least a few years left uh, for being, you know, a major league contributor in the back end of a rotation. And uh, Dave, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it real quick. What do you think of this signing?
1: Yeah, so unlike most people, um, I'm actually a fan of the Matt Moore move. Now, I don't love it. I don't think it's phenomenal for the team, but I I like the move and I understand why it was made by Dave Dombrowski and this Phillies front office. Number one, he's going to be in the major leagues. He's going to be in the starting rotation. You can leave it. You can take it. Well, you have to take it. You can't leave it. But, you know, you can like it or, or you can hate it, depending on what you want. But he's going to be in the rotation. It's a major league deal. Um, well, maybe not in the rotation, but he's going to be on the major league roster. I don't think he's in the bullpen. I do think he is a fourth or fifth starter, probably number five, uh, with Spencer Howard probably being number four. We'll see what happens. But the reason why the Phillies did this is they need a lefty. The Phillies don't have a lot of lefty starting pitchers. They have a lot of lefty relievers in their minor leagues, but they don't have a lot of lefty starting pitchers. And when it came down to this, like you were talking about Cole Hamels, Dave, Cole Hamels was going to want more than $3 million. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, I I was thinking the same thing. So uh, if they wanted a guy, then I guess Matt Moore would have been a uh, greater fit financially.
1: On top of that, uh, Cole Hamels is older than Matt Moore. So I understand that. That's the first kind of chunk you have to take from this. Also, he went over to Japan. As you said, David, and as Jim Salisbury said, he pitched well. Now, Japan, if you're unfamiliar with it, it's not like Major League Baseball. But it's not Double I like to consider it as like a AAA kind yeah, it's A kind of. Yeah, it's, it's like comparable to A in my yeah, opinion. Just because, they're maybe even slightly above A, there are some yeah. good players in Japan. You have Adam Jones, who was on the Orioles. He went over there. Justin Smoke is also over there, who was not great, but he he was a pretty good major leaguer at one point in time. Um, And on top of that, Masahiro Tanaka, who was really good for the Yankees, just went back to Japan. And before he came to the Yankees, he was in Japan. So there are a lot of guys, Ichiro Suzuki also being one of them, that are over there that are really good players. Um, So you you have to take that into consideration. It's not major league baseball, but it's not some rinky-dink league um so I mean I like the fact that the Phillies took a flyer on Matt Moore now those are the pros to Matt Moore uh and he also can eat some innings right he, he's here to eat some innings for this team which is well needed um the the con to Matt Moore is that as you said Dave he was not good at all uh, when he was in the major leagues in 2017 and 2018 he was one time a pro- top prospect for the race never really worked out um But on top of that, another con is the Phillies don't exactly know how to get the best out of players. And maybe Dave Dombrowski thinks he can do better somehow, but let's be honest here. Matt Moore signing would be more like, you know, the Dodgers, the Razor, Athletics picking him up. I would be more optimistic. You know what I mean? Like the Phillies don't have that reputation. Oh, you know, this guy struggled when he was in the major leagues last. Now he came over to Japan, did better, and now we're bringing him back. Uh, the Phillies are not the best to fix some players like that. So that would be the con to the Matt Moore deal. Uh, but I, I do think $3 million is a fair price. I don't think it's too little. I don't think it's too much. Um, but I, I see what the Phillies are doing here. I'm a fan of it. It's grown on me. When I first heard about it, it was a little eh. But it's grown on me, and I like it. I think I like it more than most Phillies fans. Um, and we'll see what happens. I would imagine that you'll have Nola, Wheeler, Eflin, and uh, I would imagine that you know you could really go with any combo of Spencer Howard, Matt Moore, Ivan Nova, uh, even maybe Ramon Russo, uh, in the back end of your rotation. So we'll see what happens. Oh, and Vince Velasquez, who you can't forget about, Vinny V. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I don't mind it. I think it's a decent move by the Phillies.
0: Yeah, uh, likewise, honestly. I I didn't want to give my opinion until we were on the podcast, but I I don't hate the move by any means. I I actually touched on it on my YouTube if anyone wants to check that out over at uh, Major League Talk, Uh, but yeah, uh, like I said, Matt Moore is not overpowering, but he has pretty good off-speed. I do think he's going to be a number four, number five guy in that rotation, but Really, I mean, that's that's what you're going to get from Matt Moore. I mean, at his best, uh, as of now, in my opinion, he's going to pitch at around a 4 ERA, maybe a little bit above. Uh, but you know what? He's he's probably going to still be better than Vince. And that's not me trying to bash on Vince, but that's just me being honest. Uh, Vince Velasquez, we've already touched on him in a bunch of podcasts, so I don't want to get too into it, but Matt Moore uh, is definitely at least a little bit better than Vince Velasquez and uh, has a little bit more experience. Uh, Matt Moore pitched for uh, some uh, successful franchises like the Rays. Uh, So uh, with that being said, Matt Moore, welcome to Philadelphia. We are a town that needs pitchers, so hopefully uh, you can help uh, getting us some successful innings. Uh, But Dave, if you would like to move on to another move that the Phillies made,
1: then go ahead. Yeah, a short little move here. Uh, The Phillies signed right-handed pitcher uh, Brian Mitchell, Uh, to a minor league deal. He made 36 appearances with the Yankees and the San Diego Padres with an ERA uh, above a 5.5 and a a whip of over 1.7. These stats are according to baseball reference, and I believe Jim Salisbury um, of NBC Sports Philadelphia was the one to break the news, or at least was involved with breaking the news. Uh, Again, depth here. It's all about depth. No big move. Nothing jumps off the table. High ERA, but hey, pitch with the New York Yankees. We'll see what happens. I I do remember seeing him pitch. With the Trenton Thunder uh, two years ago, I think, uh, and I don't think he was that bad. So we'll see what happens. I believe, though, he is a reliever. Um, so we'll, you know, hopefully he'll be able to do something in the minor leagues and maybe he'll get a call up eventually. So again, another flyer, another depth piece for the Phil's.
0: Exactly. We'll see what comes out of it. I don't know uh, too much about Brian Mitchell, so I can't comment on it too much. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Dave, another depth piece, and I think we're kind of uh, you know we're going to have to get used to uh seeing this and i mean i'm pretty sure most fans are you know the phillies have been signing a lot of depth pieces and uh trading for them the past few seasons so i expect more to come but um <clears throat> talking about uh some of the thoughts circulating about some trevor story uh rumors or even ideas of being traded to the phillies uh, i don't know what your opinion is dave on it. But honestly, I, I mean, I, I've seen it all over Google. And I have to say, I mean, I love Trevor's story. I really do. But I don't know if the Rockies are going to end up extending him. And I, I mean, I'm pretty sure they'll have to give him a qualifying offer before anything. And, you know, a lot of teams are going to be out there looking for shortstops next offseason, right? There's going to be a big shortstop, um, a big shortstop uh, market. Uh, sorry. I couldn't like think of a word and that was simple, but anyway. Um, yeah, so the Phillies still obviously have to give up a lot if they want to trade for Trevor story, which is leaving me a little bit leery. I wouldn't exactly do that. Uh, but if you can get Trevor story on the open market next season or, or this upcoming off season, rather then I would definitely do that rather than giving up a bunch of prospects. So signing him to me would be better. I mean, yeah, you're, you're going to give up a, uh, uh first round prospect because of the uh qualifying offer that's inevitably going to be handed to him which he's obviously going to turn down uh but honestly i think that's better than giving up what you have i think uh, Micah bell bryson stott and uh, a few others in the organization are definitely valuable and uh, I wouldn't want to give them up. I think those type of players have a bright future along with Spencer Howard and Alec Boehm. So I, I really do. I don't want to let go of these prospects. I think um, as of recently, we've drafted a lot better than we have uh, over, you know, the, the past few seasons from twenty twenty. Uh, I don't even know, 2010 to 2016 or whatever. But uh, 2016, obviously not being... Uh, as good as the other ones, but, uh, Dave, what do you think, uh, what do you think we would have to give, give up and would you rather trade for him or nab him off of the free agent market, which is ultimately going to be
1: super competitive? So I've talked about it before. And I think i have talked about it on the pod. I've of course talked about it with you. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Trevor story. I, I like Trevor story. I think he's a good player, but I'm not as high on him as some people are. I think he strikes out too much. Um, and I think that's a problem. Uh, He's also a right-handed bat. Uh, The Phillies don't need another right-handed bat. They need a lefty. Um, So I like Corey Seager better. Uh, I think that Trevor Story is going to be – I don't think he re-signs with the Rockies. I think the Rockies will try to re-sign him. But if you're Trevor Story, why would you want to stay in Colorado? It doesn't really make too much sense. So I think that he will go elsewhere. I don't think he'll be traded. I think he will stick in the 2021 season with the Rockies. But I think after that, when his deal is up, Uh, He'll go elsewhere. But uh, Corey Seager, same thing. I know the Dodgers are, of course, going to try and re-sign Corey Seager. But I like Corey Seager better. If he's out on the market, the Phillies are going to have to spend. They're not going to go over the tax this year, but I think next year they will go over the tax. They've made it very clear they want to be involved in the free agent market. That's why they're hesitant on offering Didi Gregorius a two-year deal um, from reports that we've seen. So I think that the Phillies are going to sign a big shortstop next year. I'm hoping it's Corey Seager. I don't think Trevor Story would be a bad option. Uh, The Dodgers do retain Corey Seager, um, but the Phillies need a good shortstop, and I would rather not trade for Trevor Story just because I think that Bryson Stott would be a really good second baseman. Um, So I I think that they should keep uh, Bryson Stott, not trade. Of course, I'm a big fan of Bryson. Um, And, you know, I think that Trevor Story or Corey Seager would be a really good option, so... Um, that's what I really think of it, but I think the Phillies are going to be really active in the shortstop market next year, and I think next year will be the year they go over the tax uh, and try to take advantage of some of the primes they have of guys uh, in their lineup.
0: Right, and I don't disagree with you. I think Corey Seager is a fantastic player, and I would love to have him, especially for the fact that he's shown that he could um, really swing the twig outside of, um, you know, just course field like Trevor Story. So. I mean, I haven't seen the home away splits for Trev, uh, but I'm going to assume that he'd be at least satisfactory with the bat away from Coors Field. Probably a guy that can hit around 260, 270, uh, sort of like my predictions for Arenado uh, if he left Coors Field. Uh, If you want to see that, that's on my YouTube as well. I don't know why I'm shouting out the YouTube so much, but I don't know. It's there. If you want to see it, I'm going to just throw it in your face. So there you go. Anyway, uh, yeah. So in the 2020 season, he had uh, just around uh, his average season, maybe slugging percentage wasn't exactly um, as well, but uh, his slugging percentage was 19 points above 500. I don't know why I said it like that, but I did. And um, yeah, so it wasn't a bad season by Trev, but I I do think Coors Field does play a significant part in that. But uh, you you can't look past his defense. I think... um, Arenado, kind of plays similar to Trev. I, I think they both have tremendous defense and obviously the bats are going to look different away from Colorado. Uh, but nevertheless, I think Story's still a tremendous player. I think he's going to get a significant payout uh, when he does get nabbed off the free agent market next offseason. So uh, we'll see what happens. If the Phillies get him, it's great. Uh, it'll definitely help the team, whether it is defensively or offensively. But I think you take them... Out of Coors Field, and he still has tremendous power. Uh, I do think you're going to see around 30, 35 home runs, and that's just where he's going to sit. I just, he he's a brute force at the plate. And um, Corey Seager, I think, um, really in this postseason and this year, really, he he broke out in a big way. So I think uh, if the Phillies have to go after, um, you know, one uh, one shortstop, it would either have to be Story or Seager, in my opinion. If you can land Seager, that's amazing. You know, I think Seager will benefit you more on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, Story uh, gives you more speed. He gives you that defense. So I, I think if I had to go with a more rounded player, I'd probably go Story. But if you want to, if you want to bat like the Phillies like, and they like to bolster that offense, then yeah, then you have to go with uh, Seager. But he's still a competent defender. He's still a guy that can uh, really. Make solid plays on the field, so uh, you can't doubt Seager that way. I mean, whether you go that way or you go story, I think they're both excellent options. So we'll see what happens on the uh, free agent market for uh, the shortstop class next offseason. But I'm really excited. I don't exactly know what's going to happen, but I think it all depends on how the Phillies do this season. I know this is probably a season for evaluation, but according to Dave Dombrowski, uh, you know, uh, the team is, you know, a winning ball club. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, the, the one quote that I like that Dave Dombrowski said in, in one of his press conferences was the Phillies have simply too many good players to, to be rebuilding. And, and it's true, um, or to retool, I should say. Uh, you know, you have JTL Muto, Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper. I think Gene Segura can still be a decent player. Alec Boehm. Uh, you have Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler. Uh, the back pen to your, or the back part of your bullpen is getting solidified with uh, Hector Neris, Archie Bradley, Jose Alvarado. I think Connor Brogdon can be good. Jojo Romero is putting on some muscle. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, Dave, I, I mean, I just like Corey Seager better because I think the Phillies need a left handed bat besides Bryce Harper. Uh, he, the short porch will, of course, help him. I think his defense is serviceable, and I think he's going to hit a lot of home runs at a Citizens Bank Park. Just
0: my opinion. I'm just hoping to see a little bit more promise obviously this upcoming season I I know we're probably going to play uh more games obviously hopefully a full 162 we can always cross our fingers on that but yeah Corey Seager if he can give me another season where he hits you know above 280 and hits 25 or more home runs I'd say you know what go after him because honestly like I said either uh Seager or Story I, I think both are tremendous you know I mean there are other shortstops like Javi Baez, Carlos Correa, and I, and I mean, I wouldn't hate getting them as well. I mean, they're they're both tremendous shortstops and, uh, you know, they definitely deserve a good paycheck, but uh, I don't know. There's just something about Story or Seager that uh, really uh, rolls off the tongue a little bit better when we're talking about the Phillies. I don't know if you'd agree, but um, yeah, I, I mean, that's that's basically the shortstop market for you, uh, the Phillies. Uh, like I said, I, I don't know if they're going to be as active. Uh, obviously like you touched on Dave with, uh, the Phillies, they have too many players that are good. They have too many players and you don't want to waste the opportunity with these players. I mean, you let another year go by. That's another year where the Phillies don't contend. And it's another year where you're wasting the talent of guys, you know, and why, why do that? Why are you going to waste Aaron Nola away? He's a guy that the Phillies really, really, you know, fought hard to keep. You know, coming up in the minors. And obviously, a lot of teams are going to want guys like Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins, Aaron Nola. I mean, and that's if Reese Hoskins can keep his offense, you know, at, at least at a level where he's hitting around 240 with 30, 35
1: points oh, a year. Dave, I'm sorry. We have big news coming in here, Dave, at the middle of this podcast. Oh, here he we put- go. Here we go. Mark, the Phillies have signed DD Gregorius to a two year deal. And this breaks per again per Jason Stark. So in the middle of this um deal here, Didi is back. Um so that's good. Um, but again, does this take the Phillies out of the shortstop market? Now again, I think Didi Gregorius would be open to playing second base. So we'll see what happens. But uh not to cut you off, Dave. I, I wanted to put that out there. And I'm sure that um Things will come out here in terms of the prices. We don't have that yet. We just know that the Phillies have re-signed Didi Gregorius to a two-year deal. So Dave Dombrowski says, you know, we're going to run it back with the same team, but with better pitching. And I do think the Phillies are still going to sign some more relievers. But to, if you want to finish your point, you can. I just want to get this out of the way. This this last. Uh, well, God, if you want to finish your point, go ahead, buddy.
0: Nah, I don't really feel like it. Let's talk about DD
1: Gregorius. <laughs> yeah. So the one that before we. I guess we don't know D.D. Why not? Well, I'm sure we'll do a whole separate podcast on D.D. But the last thing I just want to say here is emotional moment of the week. Last night, which was January 29th, JT Ramuto commented on the pandemic crew. Fandemic crew was outside the stadium all year. I joined them for three or four games. It was a really fun experience. Uh, and on their Twitter page, JT Ramuto commented that he would be uh, honored to sign uh, their big sign JT poster, which the group made up Um uh, and he'll, he's going to sign it. So I thought that that was really nice to JT. JT isn't really the most active on social media, so the fact that he did that I think speaks a lot. So it's good to have him back. It's good to have Didi back for a two-year deal. And, Dave, it seems like we just have to make podcasts. In the middle of the podcast, something big has to happen. You know what I mean? So we'll see what happens. Uh, people are talking about right now. Let me refresh Twitter real quick here. Um, it does appear, well, some people are hoping that there's an opt-out for that second season. Um but we're not getting that right now. All we know is just that let's see if we can get something here. Um Okay, so it appear okay, so per Ken Rosenthal, I know this is kinda of all over the place, it's because it just came out. Uh Didier Glorius is with the Phillies for two years, twenty eight million. It doesn't appear there's an opt out. So fourteen million a year is not too bad because Marcus Simeon got eighteen. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So Dave, I, I like it. I, I don't, I, if DD, look, here's the thing. If DD can hit like he did in 2020 fillers are gonna be a good team. I really do. Even a little bit less than what he did in 2020 Phillies are gonna be a good team and get, I, I'm telling you, David, get me two more. Give me one, at least one, but two, give me two quality bullpen arms. And this team makes the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and honestly, Dave, I feel the same way. I mean, when you have a Didi Gregorius like you had last year, there's no way that the Phillies' offense won't look good.
1: Sorry, Dave, not to cut you off, but, and, and, you know, too, Trevor Rosenthal's still out there, Alex Kalameda. The one thing you do have to keep in mind here the Phillies are starting to get to where they were last season in terms of payroll, which I believe was 195. The luxury tax is around 208, I believe. So, of course, they're not going to go above that. But I think 195 or 200 is where they're going to stop. And I believe with that DD deal, it gets them close to 190. So, I don't know how much they have left. I think they may only have left for maybe a one year, $5 million deal. Sorry, that was my phone going off about DD. Um, or it could be maybe two pitchers for cheap. I think Jose Alvarez is still an option there. I think that um, Joaquin Soria could be an option for a one-year, $5 million deal, $6 million deal. We'll see what happens. Um, But that's pretty much all I got, buddy. This podcast was all over the place, but I love it because we covered so much news. We covered Arenado to the Cardinals. We covered Brad Hand being uh, signed by the Nationals. Matt Moore being signed by the Phillies. Brian Mitchell being retained by the Phillies. Um, We talked about Trevor Story. I still think the Phillies sign a shortstop next year. I do. I think D.D. either moves to second base or gets traded. Um, or maybe Gene Segura gets traded. Who knows? Um, and then, of course, we talked about JTR Amuto, Didi Gregorius. It's a big podcast Dave. But uh, what do you have to say about Didi? Uh, and then I guess we'll wrap it up.
0: Well, honestly, I'm glad they were able to re-sign him. Of course, I would have been um, I would have been a little more for a one-year deal just because of the uh, shortstop market. But you never know what's going to happen. So having Gregorius for another year isn't going to hurt you, especially if they decide, hey, we want to trade Gene, try and get something for him. Then you know what? If you could pull off a decent trade for Gene, then do that and try and keep yourself Gregorius. I think Gregorius will uh, play a good gap uh, to bridge before Bryson Stock gets here. So uh, even if they want to you know, extend him past that. If he does great with the Phillies, then definitely do that because Gregorius is a great player, great clubhouse presence. And I think he only benefits the Phillies, uh, you know, here in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I'm hoping for it. Uh, the one thing I also want to say here too, is I'm looking for it here. Um, give me one second, uh, going on Twitter here. where I'm, I'm pretty much just sitting my days here. um, I can't find it, but there was one report out there. Maybe by Jim Salisbury, it may have been from another Phillies reporter. But um, the Phillies are going to have a press conference on Monday. Uh, Monday, I believe. I, I don't know the time, but I know Monday. J.T. Mutual will be announced. I'm assuming that D.D. will be there too. We'll have a D.D. J.T. combination. Um, resigned. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm hoping, though, Dave. That you could have like a three man press conference and you could have JT, DD, and a, and another reliever. That would be fantastic. I, but, uh, dude, I'm, I'm just still- I'm
0: I'm so excited right now. I'm so excited because not only do you have these two players back who contribute to the Phillies on both sides of the ball, but you have a full season of Alec Boehm. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, dude. I, I'm ecstatic. I'm absolutely ecstatic.
1: Sorry, Dave. Something else, too, that has to be said is Dave Dombrowski. Really. And and I mean, I know that these moves were kind of you thought had to be made by the Phillies. But let's be honest. Prior to Dave Dombrowski coming in here, there was this money shortage. There was this John Middleton doesn't think he wants to spend. And Dave Dombrowski comes in and says, you know, he had to convince John Middleton to say, look, John, we got all these good players here. And we're not going to spend money. We're going to cry poor during a pandemic. And, and you know what, too? This is not only a move. You know, you're going to see is that more fans are going to be happy because now you got better relievers. You're still going to look out to sign more relievers. You, you, you know, you saved the farm system. You didn't trade anybody big. You still have Bryson Stott. You still have Micka Bell. And, you know, that's going to get more fans in the stadium, which are going to, well, whenever it opens up, more fans to support you, more fans to buy merchandise. And, you know, you're going to make that money back. But I think the real prop here has to be to Dave Dombrowski because he's done a great job this offseason, you know, bringing in Archie Bradley, the trade for Jose Alvarado. The Rays, the Rays are dumb for not keeping Jose Alvarado. I think he can do something for this ball club. You get Sam Coonrod who will add depth. Then you go out and you sign JT, you sign DD, uh, you sign Matt Moore, who I think helps with pitching depth. And I still think that there is moves to be made with this team Um, And on top of that, you get back a healthy Sir Anthony Dominguez in July or August. That's like a a deadline pickup. I'm hoping the season starts on time, Uh, Dave. I, I really am. We're less than a month now away from the first game. I believe we're a little bit more than two weeks from pitchers and catchers report, like 18 days. So we'll see what happens. But that will wrap it up, Dave. I'll give it over to you if you want to say any closing thoughts. But I just feel like I'm talking too much. I had a whole bottle of water here when we started this podcast. I am down to a drop left in this bottle of water and that's because um, dave
0: just spit it all over his screen when he saw the right, signing
1: that's right uh well thank you all for listening to this podcast we'll probably have a dd uh whole podcast from a dd or we'll do kind of a reaction to the dd and jt press conference on monday hopefully it's yeah CD that'll be a good pod i know it will for sure be jt but i don't know if dd will be there i will assume again virtually uh at least i would assume Uh, But thank you all for listening to this edition of the podcast. Uh, We are getting up there in views. Go check out Dave's Instagram and YouTube channel, Major League Talk. He's shouted out so much. We're really great content. He's been great on all the news. I'm sure he's going to have a DD video probably coming out soon. We'll see what happens. Um, But really, I just want to thank all the healthcare and the frontline workers. Go Phillies. Flyers play tonight as well. It's a Philadelphia sports mayhem day. Um, I got the Carter Hart jersey on. Uh, so go Flyers beat the, beat the Islanders rematch of the playoffs last season. Um, go Phillies as always. And DD and JT are back, baby. They're back. Let's start the season today. Maybe I'm being a little bit too optimistic, but eh, we'll see what happens. I I like living large for a little bit. I'm waiting for a move though to like hurt me. Like, you know, the Mets trade for Trevor story or the Mets trade for somebody. And then it kind of hurts my feelings because I feel like that's what happened the past couple times is every time the Phillies do something good, the Mets are like, ah, on a second, I got to move I'm going to counter you here. So we'll see what happens. But DD's Dee back, we broke it in this podcast. It happened in this podcast, David.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what, Dave. As Phillies fans, we we don't get many uh, many great, great vibes, many really happy moments uh, when it comes to the offseason. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to ride this for all it's worth. Those stinking Mets the Marlins, the Nationals, the Braves, nobody's going to ruin it right now because we have JT back. We have DD back. You fix some problems with the bullpen. You bring in a guy like Matt Moore to eat innings, maybe give you some quality starts here and there. This team is better than last season. You know, we could cross our fingers on that and knock on some wood real quick, but I think they're at least a little bit better than last season. Okay. And if you have a better bullpen, with a little bit of a better team, I don't know that. I I mean, it's scary. It's scary to think that the Phillies could make the playoffs with a team with a team like this. But they do have a lot of guys that have some upside. You know, they brought in a lot of fireballers in the bullpen. They brought in a guy like Matt Moore, who's a veteran and he's a guy that can eat up innings. Like I said, you know, you you bring back JT and Didi, and that just it, to me, it's just an ad. It's an ad. It, it puts you above where you were last year. So good for the Phillies. I'm excited as a Phillies fan. I cannot wait until spring training this this season. And honestly, my mind is blown. At the beginning of this offseason, I don't think anyone would have guessed, oh, JT's coming back. Didi Gregorius is coming back. You know, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm in shock. I'm in shock because ever since Dave Dombrowski came in, Dave, uh, like you said, it, it, he's he's definitely changed the dynamic in that front office. And we all know that Dave Dombrowski is the reason that this even happened. And I, I Dave, I, I don't think you'd even go against that by any means because Dave Dombrowski is amazing. I don't care what the Red Sox would have to say about him, if at all, anything bad. But Dave Dombrowski, I love you. I love you, Dave.
1: Yeah, and the last thing I want to say, another that I said the outro, but it seems to me that the Phillies are kind of saying, screw it, we're going for it, because, I mean, I mean, you look at it, you now sign Didi, I mean, here's the way I've always looked at it, Bryce Harper and J.T. Romuto and Reese Hoskins are not getting any younger, they're, they're, let's be honest, they're, they're not getting any younger, either is Didi Gregorius now, either is Aaron Ola, either is Zach Wheeler, and, you know, is this the time where the Phillies say, screw it, we're going for it, because... Here's the thing you have to look at, right? And I know that I've already said the outro. I don't want to get too optimistic here, but sometimes you got to dream a little bit. The Braves and Mets, I think, are both um, better than the than the Phillies right now, with the team they have on paper. But the one thing I will say is the Braves have not yet re-signed Marcel Zuna. They missed out on Eddie Rosario. And, you know, the, the, the Mets, I, I think they're going to be very good in 2021. But the Mets can still met. The Mets, you know what I mean? They can still met. I think, the, I think this DD move, I think it makes the Phillies better than the Nationals. I think the Phillies are already better than the Nationals. But I think it solidifies the fact the Phillies are, are better than the Nationals with the DD move. So we'll see what happens. But I'm hoping that this move is kind of like, you know what? We're going for it. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying they should go over the luxury tax. But I really think this team can be a very good contender if you sign. I mean, sign – if the, the, here's what I'm going to say. The last thing I'm going to say here. The Phillies sign either one of Trevor Rosenthal, Alex Colome, or Joaquin Soria. And you're able to get a center fielder and still not go over the luxury tax. I think that would put them above 200, which is where I don't think they want to go. But it would still put them below the luxury tax. I would think it would put them around 205. The luxury tax, I believe, is 208. Um, but I think if you can sign... A, a JBJ, and one of Alex Colomay, Joaquin Soria, or Trevor Rosenthal, I think this team can do big things. I really do. I think they have a chance to even win the division. Because, I mean, you just look at it, the Phillies have too much talent on their team. They really do. And, I mean, maybe I'm being too optimistic, but I think that Bryce Harper is going to have a great season. I think that JT Almito is going to have a great season. There's no more nervousness on him of, oh, I have to perform to get a better contract. And, you know, same thing with Reese Hoskins. I think he's going to come back good off the injury. Alec Bohm, Dave, you talked about it. It is great. Dino Grigios had a great 2020. And, you know, maybe you get something more out of Adam Haisley. Um, And, you know, the bullpen is fixed. The rotation is great. Zach Wheeler was phenomenal in 2020. So we'll see what happens. But it's for sure optimistic. But I'm just hoping they don't stop here. I'm hoping that they still make another move. I don't want them to go over the tax just yet. But I I want them to make another move because I feel like they're heading in the right direction. Like you said, Dave, Dave Dombrowski is to owe it. But that's all I'm going to say for the podcast, David.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Dave, I mean, you covered a lot of bases right there. And honestly, I I did not agree with one. Well, I mean, I did did not not agree. I don't know what I'm saying, Dave. My mind's all over the place. I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I'm riding a nice high right now. And honestly... I don't even know. I'm almost to the point of being speechless, which you can't be on a podcast, but I'm feeling good as a Phillies fan. You know, you know, you get a little bit more comfy uh, with the fact that JT Romuto's back and, you know, he's not pressured to perform. So, you know, hopefully he has a really good season. Yeah, have Brace Harper, who's in his third year with the Phillies. So you have to think that he's settled in. You know, he has two kids now. So, you know, maybe double the dad power. I'm hoping, but, uh, you know, Reese Hoskins, uh, he was having a pretty good season up until the injury. So hopefully he can come back and have a really nice season, you know? So, I mean, there's bright spots. And then you had a good season from Zach Wheeler up until September where Aaron Null and Zach Wheeler in unison just decided to crash and burn. But, you know, both of those are decent pitchers. Zach Eflin had a, at a year where he posted a sub four ERA. So, there are some bright spots that some people might look over, but these are these are good these are good things these are good things for the Phillies, and I'm glad that the Phillies are deciding to turn the page and that Dave Dombrowski was brought in and that you know he did all this stuff because Dave, like you touched on, too much talent, too much talent to waste. But I don't want to talk too much more. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I guess that'll conclude things here. Let me uh, say, say at, if I can. I know, yeah, I, yeah,
1: yeah. I know that I said I'm going to shut up, but I just uh, more stuff just keeps on coming out. So, per Bob Nightingale, who is not the most reliable Twitter reporter, but I think he's I think he's decent at, at what he does. I, I like him. I follow him at least. I would check him out. Bob Nightingale. I think he does a good job. Sometimes he's a little bit too early and too quick on some stuff, but I think he did a good job for for the most part. At least 99 percent of the time, he just tweeted out that the Phillies are still looking for another starting pitcher and a relief pitcher. So it does appear that this is not it. And even if they sign two depth pieces they're slightly better, like when I mean, I'm not talking about the Phillies have to sign somebody great, but slightly a better, uh, slightly better than the level of like Ivan Nova and and Coonrod uh, in your bullpen would be good. You know what I mean? Like I'm just looking for somebody, two two guys, a starting pitcher and a reliever who is good, not great, not all star, not even close to all star, but just average or maybe even slightly better than average. I'll take it. So. We'll see what happens. That's all I gotta say, Dave. I gotta shut my I gotta shut my mouth here.
0: <laughs> oh, Dave Dombrowski. Dave Dombrowski.
1: I, I don't know. I,
0: I'm loving on this guy more every day. I, I really am. I, I know he's the reason behind all, all of this. And I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I I don't know. I I'm too excited. I, I gotta end it before I just start popping off. Woohoo! But anyway. Thank you all for listening to the Warning Track Talk podcast. If you like what you hear, then make sure to leave a follow and listen to us on uh, multiple platforms ranging from Breaker, to Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Radio Public, and even more. But um, thank you all for listening. This has been the Warning Track Talk podcast with your host, Dave and Dave.